0: Welcome to Tuesday on the Pure Pelka Podcast. Michael Pelka here. Thanks for being here. I appreciate everybody who is uh, following this new iteration of my broadcast career. But don't forget, I'm also available Saturday nights, typically from 8 to 11 p.m. on 1210 a.m. WPHT out of Philadelphia. And that's the station you can listen to from anywhere via the odyssey app it's a great app and it has a replay function too so if you miss me on saturday nights because you might have a life then you can come back and listen to it on another time not that people who listen on saturday nights don't have a life but you know saturday night 8 to 11 a lot of people are out and about and i'm in a studio and if you're listening i appreciate it very much so many things to get to today, and uh, we'll talk about some of the news that's happening out there. But I just saw a, a uh, press conference with uh, House Representative Democrat Jeffries, who gave Biden credit for pretty much everything that's going right in the country, but doesn't see anything going wrong, which is just insane. So I'm going to do a little Democratic translation for you because I lived in New York City for 23 years, and I speak Democrat. I didn't get infected by it, but I speak Democrat. So here is uh, Jeffries trying to tell us things that aren't true. Well, here's where we are
1: uh, in America. Uh, Job creation is up.
0: Well, let's stop right there. First thing that you're saying, job creation is up. No, no no that's not exactly true we killed a bunch of jobs we are just allowing those jobs to come back so job creation is not up but i'll I'll let you go on sir
1: wages are up
0: oh yeah wages are up he's gonna say unemployment is down unemployment's at four percent you know the unemployment is almost back to where it was under donald trump the labor participation is not quite there, but wages are up, but they're not up as much as inflation. But I'll let him continue because he does have to say something else. He was about to say uh, unemployment is down. Unemployment is down. Yeah. And the Omicron variant is in retreat. Now, I will tell you this. This administration had nothing to do with a virus retreating. The virus retreats. Through natural natural cycles. But go ahead. Say whatever you want. He's going to try and come up with a bunch of crazy lies. And that's not by accident. Yes, it is. That's because under President Biden's leadership, a public health infrastructure was put into place, beginning with the American Rescue Plan, without a single Republican vote, to ensure that we can do everything possible to crush the virus. And that is what has been happening. No, the virus has been burning out. We saw a massive, unstoppable spike from the summer through the winter. That's what viruses do. (laughs) These guys. It's laughable, isn't it? So they're going to tell you this stuff and they're going to try and take credit, even though they know the American people don't believe it. We're tired of the mandates. We're tired of the lockdowns. We're tired of the kids being masked in school. And parents have just finally figured that out, that that's going to be the only thing to change the minds of these, these overlords who took power improperly, unconstitutionally, I believe. They took advantage of a crisis. And they're trying to now say, well, everything we did has resulted in the virus retreating. no. No, it hasn't. The natural immunity has more to do with it than anything. But go ahead. And now you have all these blue states, Connecticut, uh, New Jersey, Delaware, Oregon, all announced yesterday, oh, we're going to get rid of mask mandates for kids, but you still have to wait another month. Why? If masks can go away, why not now? Why? This is just about control. The whole thing is about control. And they're going to then try and take credit and say, oh, see what we did? In California, they're waiting until after the Super Bowl, which is insane. And then I believe it's the day after the Super Bowl, you'll be able to take your mask off. So what's happening between now and then? Nothing. It's all about control. And I think the HHS secretary is even going to be in California to make sure That they are enforcing the mask mandates out there. You know, they're just going to make sure the protocols are handled and he's going to do it from a luxury box, right? These people are so transparent. (laughs) It's really funny to me. It's just like the story that popped late yesterday about Nancy Pelosi spending a half a million dollars to fly privately around the country for the last year and a quarter. A half a million dollars she spent, $500,000 so she could fly on private planes. And I know what you're thinking, Mike, it's her money. Yeah, it's her money. A lot of it she made while she was in the house trading stocks, which still looks suspicious to me, but that's just me. But uh, Pelosi did spend her own money. We we pay to fly her around in a government jet a lot, but she spent a half a million dollars of her own money to fly around while she was lecturing you and me on the climate and how we need to drive less and we need to be having electric cars so she could fly a private jet, which is one of the biggest polluters in the world. If it weren't so obvious, we'd all be laughing in her face. I wish we would laugh in her face. I would like to meet her and just start laughing. I wouldn't say a word. And I know some of you are saying, well, that would be rude. She's the Speaker of the House. She's, she's three people from the biggest leader. Actually, only two heartbeats away from the, the most powerful position in the world. She's the second in line after Kamala to be president if, God forbid, something happens to Joe. I'd still laugh at her. I really think I would. That's just me. We also have to talk about what's happening on airplanes a man wore a mask on an airplane granted it uh, it was a spirit Airlines got on the plane and he had a, a fancy mask. It was a mask that had an electric screen going across it that said let's go Brandon and he was told um, that um, he had to take it off had to put on a new mask or get off the plane. It just said let's go brandon it didn't say the fjb thing it just said let's go brandon and this spirit airlines employee told the guy well let's let him explain it for you let's him let him tell it it's kind of funny to me anyway it's kind of it's tragic as well to is yes, again how you doing good how are you? Thank you. Sorry. Getting on the plane.
1: Yeah. Once again, for
0: those passengers who are joining us now, face Corbin's uh federally Monday. Please ensure your face Corbin's over here knows and all times. So he's got his mask on and it is saying Let's Go Brandon and electric lights scrolling across the front. He also has a Donald Trump sweatshirt hoodie on that says Let's Go Brandon too. So it's kind of obvious, and he's wearing a red hat. I can't see what it says on the hat. I, the
1: I know. I, I was just okay. So I'll wear that one. Just let, let us rinse. know. We
0: can rearrange uh, <laughs> another way of transportation for you to get to Tampa. So, handing him a mask. <laughs> I mean, excuse me. Um, I, I'll wear this, but if, if she can give me a reason, like Did I have to turn it off. Like, is there a reason? It like, it's offensive. It can't be some people, so we're not gonna go. We're not gonna go back and forth, so go ahead and put the blue one on, okay? So she says it's offensive, it can be offensive to some people. And then she says to him, We're not going to go back and forth. Meaning, there will be no debate here. There will be zero debate. Your little let's go, Brandon mask, which isn't isn't vulgar at all, can't be worn. Hmm. See if there's anything else. Okay, so my mask isn't I know. I'm. I was just asking a question. I'm I'm not being controversial. It's just. So we're gonna put the blue one on, right? Yes. Yes. So we're gonna put the blue one on. This is like a kindergarten teacher. This is how power crazy these people have become. And I understand things have gotten insane in the air. In fact, the CEO of I think it's United Airlines has asked. The Department of Homeland Security to put all of the bad actors who've been recorded as acting like jack wagons on flights during the pandemic to put them on the no fly list. You know, the list that we set up initially for terrorists. This is crazy. This guy isn't being belligerent. He isn't debating. He said, I'm gonna turn my mask off because the lights have an on off switch. This is crazy. Sure. He's putting the blue mask over his branded mask.
1: Wow. This is not America anymore.
0: Yeah. It sure is. This isn't. is not America anymore. That's sad. It's very sad to me that this is happening. Whatever happened to dissent? Whatever happened to Hillary Clinton saying dissent is patriotic? That was her phrase. Remember? Ah. Oh really frustrating one guy and then you know if you look north to Canada you see what's going on with the truckers but these people on the left are not about tolerance they're not about any kind of discussion they're all about my way or the highway case in point James Carville He's not a not a real physical threat, but James Carville made a physical threat or voiced a physical threat on a podcast called The Politics War Room with James Carville and Al Hunt. These are two old liberals who have zero tolerance for you and me. And I'm not going to bleep James Carville cursing here, so just know that there's a James Carville curse coming from the aging, raging Cajun, as I like to call him. This is insane. Really,
1: really I would, insane. What we should do is pass a
0: law to make you immune from liability. If you punch some
1: unvaccinated person right in the faces, which I'd really like to do.
0: So if you ask me when,
1: you know, what's my first reaction to you, if you, you you're not vaccinated and, you, and you don't have any medical reason not to be, you're a piece of shit.
0: Okay? I'll just punch you right in the goddamn face. That's, that's the way I look at these people. Agreed. So, All I do is so Carville and his co-host, Al Hunt, agree on this. That if you're unvaccinated without a medical reason, don't, don't even consider any religious reason, he would like to punch you in the face. And he doesn't think too highly of you but this threat will not get him booted from social media it will raise his profile and it's important for james carville because he needs his profile raised ahead of the midterm election so he'll get some more clients and make some more millions and millions of dollars so this is a well calculated move but again it's a window into the soul of these folks. It tells you exactly who they are. Uh, So many things we have to get to today. A couple of other kind of weird and wacky things. Did you know it's sex week on college campuses all across America? Sex week college campuses are teaching children about sex. Well, at this point, they're not really children. They're adults. They're in college and I dare say pretty much all of them understand what sex is about. They know how it works and they have some pretty creative interpretations of it. So why are colleges having sex weeks? Because I guess it beats teaching, reading and writing and literature and reasoning and science and all of that real useful stuff. Not that sex isn't useful. Also, while we're on the subject of sex, the build people are getting a little bit of attention. Build-A-Bear has created an adults only section on its website. For Valentine's, they've created, you know, after dark bears. I guess they're kinky bears. Who knew? Who knew that Build-A-Bear had a kinky side? Well, if you go to the website, you can see it for yourself. It's right there. (laughs) Build-A-Bear after dark. I don't even want to think about what's coming to the American Girl Dolls. That's if once they develop a grown-up version of that, it's uh, all bets are off. America's become Sodom and Gomorrah. It's crazy. And the the wild story and there's a video attached to this. You can find it if you look online. Steve Irwin's son. Remember the crocodile hunter? Crikey, he was the best. Steve Irwin died much too young in a tragic accident with was it a stingray? I think it was that uh, pierced his chest while he was way out at sea. And he died, unfortunately, so early. He had a a young son. His son is 12 is is, I don't think he's 12. Um, But he was chased by a 12 foot long crocodile. That nearly got his teeth on him. The Washington Examiner has the story and they have the video. If you want to see it, it's a it's kooky. And thank God nothing happened. So we can laugh about it now, but the crocodile hunter, Steve Irwin's kid, chased by a crocodile. I wonder if Steve's up in animal heaven going, CROIKY! Yeah, and yelling at his kid to get away from the crocodile. Pretty funny, pretty funny stuff. All right, you know, it is Tuesday and what we do on Tuesday around here is try and get a little inspiration from our friend Jim Stovall, the man behind the Winner's Wisdom column. Let's get him in here. It is time to get a little help and a little, I guess, inspiration. Because I do get inspired every time I talk to Jim Stovall in our uh, regular visits on this here show. And uh, Jim, if you don't know him, is somebody you should know. Jim's an author, an inventor, an entrepreneur, the guy behind the Narrative Television Network, more than 50 books in the library, public speaker and he gives us time every week to talk about his Winner's Wisdom column. And he's back, and we are very grateful for that. Hello, Jim.
1: Well, hello, Mike. It's great to be back.
0: I'm glad you're here because I wanted to ask you this question last week, and I completely forgot about it, which is not unusual for me. Uh, but the world is agog over podcasts and everyone seems to have a, uh, an opinion or a favorite or several favorites. In the world of podcasting, is there any podcast that you listen to regularly?
1: Yeah, there are several I listen to. Uh, i I have always looked for a news, a straight news podcast that I thought was uh, shall we say balanced? and uh, and uh, there's one. it's a ten minute daily one called The Newsworthy. I listen to that regularly. And then there's a lot of people. You know, I, I check out to see who their guests are, and I always enjoy that. And then, of course, I get the New York Times book review podcast every week, and I enjoy them. And uh, But there are a lot. I'll just skip around and see who their guest is for today and go through them. And there are so many. I uh, There there are about ten I listen to regularly a couple a day, and uh, that takes up all my time, and there's ten. And I realize if I take on another podcast, i got to drop somebody and you know the last i heard it's approaching a million podcasts or something In fact, i met a guy the other day who did not have a podcast and he's he's (laughs) starting one very quickly
0: (laughs) he's probably even forced to start one because he doesn't want to be left out that's so true yeah a million think about that a million podcasts that's that would be a top 10 populated city in america If we gathered all of those podcasters together in one space that is kind of astounding
1: yeah and you know some of them now if you if you took out the ones that uh, have less than 10 episodes or maybe less than 10 listeners you probably uh, cut that number in half
0: yeah i find people will dive in saying oh i have to do a podcast and then that bloom falls off that rose pretty quickly when they realize Oh, I have to come up with something every day. It needs a beginning, a middle, and an end. It should have a point. It just can't be me rambling about what I had for breakfast, although I'm sure there's one of those. There is a, there's a food podcast that a buddy of mine started in 2009 called The Sporkful, and it's, you know, it's all about that weird utensil, the spork that's a spoon and a fork. And yeah. I hadn't listened to it in forever and ever and ever, and I thought, surely he can't be still doing that. Not only is he doing it, he has sponsors, and he's making a a tidy sum. So it, it can be a surprising revenue stream for people, as Joe Rogan and others have proved.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I've caught Joe Rogan on occasion, depending on who his guests are, and... uh, uh the, the one thing I'll say for him is he, it's not short form. It's not a quick soundbite. I mean, <laughs> uh, you need, you need to pack a lunch if you're going to listen to Joe Rogan, but, uh, um, know, I, do you know, I find this controversy surrounding him to be kind of, uh, much ado about not much, right? You know, he, you know, Rogan is edgy. Rogan has people on that are going to be controversial. And, and uh, and, and, you know, I think, by and large, he does a, a pretty good job of balancing that. But some of his guests say weird things, and some of them are inaccurate. It, it's, a, it's not uh, supposed to be informational. It's supposed to be uh, uh, kind of entertaining and then maybe thought-provoking. But uh, I would not take Joe Rogan as the final source on anything. No, no.
0: And I think that's the best advice. Uh, so far I've gotten today. But I do get great advice and inspiration from you in many places, Jim. Let's talk about this week's Winner's Wisdom column, Lessons from a Lawyer. I the, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up initially when I saw the word lawyer, because it always makes me tense, and people get tense around lawyers. <laughs> but this one's a great lesson.
1: Well, I my wife and I were out to dinner uh, recently on our weekly date night, and we're at our country club. And I hear a voice from the past uh, across the dining room and finally figure out this is a lawyer I had done work with over 40 years ago. I was just out of college. I mean, my first year or two out of college, and I was starting my company, and I did a little research. Who's the best lawyer in town? And I thought he was old then. I'm thinking 40 years later. Of course, you know, I was just out of college. He was a really old guy, probably 38 or 40, you know, one of those old, old guys. But anyway, I – you know, I thought, wow, I learned so much from him. And I sat there and I realized, you know, I'll never forget the first I went into this palatial office of his and sat down and uh, realized I'm way out of my league here. And I said, look, I'm just a new guy starting out. I don't think I'll be much business. And he said, we've built our firm based on the. Uh, on the supposition that uh, small clients become very large clients, and this is how we start, and he was great. And and then I second thing, I said, what is your record in the courtroom? How good are you? And he said, quite good, but he said, "Uh, uh, that's not how you should judge an attorney. He said, it's not my job to win in the courtroom for you. It's my job to keep you out of the courtroom. And, you know, and I am very pleased after 40 years in business, I can say I've never sued anybody. I've never been sued. So I enjoy that. But I said, what advice do you have for someone then to stay out of trouble? And he said, son, whether it's your personal life or your professional life, if you will assume the truth will ultimately be known. If you assume that whatever you're doing will be known at some point by everybody, you will do the right thing. It's not a matter of cleaning it up. It's a matter of uh, keeping it clean to start with. And, uh, you know, I know so many people and they think, well, I'll get away with this or no one will know that or whatever. But when you assume the truth will ultimately be known, uh, wow, it, it changes your world.
0: That line in this week's column stuck with me. It stood out like it was in bold type. And that advice from your very first attorney, if you assume the truth will ultimately come out, that everybody will ultimately know the truth, boy, oh boy, will you keep yourself out of trouble. (laughs) That's a great, I will put that alongside one of Judge Judy's great bits of advice when she said, if you just tell the truth, you never have to remember what happened.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, and the truth is not that easy you know. you know, I've testified in court as an expert witness on several matters, and you uh, you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And uh, the truth simply means you're not lying. What you're saying is accurate. The whole truth means you're not leaving anything out that would help in this matter, and nothing but the truth means you're not adding anything. Well, in our real lives, uh, particularly for people like yourself or me or people that, you know, because of television and movies and various things, you you become a public figure. You know, I, I always tell the truth to the best of my ability, and I try not to tell anything but the truth. But people outside of a legal setting are not entitled to the whole truth. I mean, you are entitled to a private life. You... You know, and i always remind myself I signed up for this ride. My fri- friends and family didn't, and uh, so I try to keep them. Um, you know, their their uh, private life private for them to the best of my ability. Of course, Mike, if you have any private life left, I don't know what it would be, <laughs> but uh, it seems to be an open book there. Although I do have to commend you on your 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 Judge Judy impression. That may be your best impression I've heard over the years.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah very solid. the the kind of, the life that we choose also has an impact on the people around us. That may be a topic for another day, and it is something uh, when you have a little bit of a public persona that you have to be mindful of, and so that that ties right back to that lesson from your attorney that uh, you have to assume the truth is going to come out eventually. And that way you don't have to do a cleanup on aisle four or whatever aisle you happen to be in. Uh, Jim, I love this column. And, you, you know, I rely on it each week for a little bit of a, an inspirational vitamin. And I tell everybody that if you want something that you can get on a regular, consistent basis, and it doesn't cost you anything, but it just might give you a whole lot of help, you should go to uh, jimstovall.com. And sign up for the Winner's Wisdom email. It'll be in your inbox, and it's like having Jim send you a personal note each week. And then when we meet here, it also lets me expand on it a little. I thank you so much, Jim Stovall, and I hope we can do it again next week.
1: I will look forward to it, my friend.